Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm Evangelist Wonder Clay sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come giving you praises and glory. Forgive all our sins, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus. And give us a clean and forgiving heart. And help those needing help in any way that's needed. Turn all wrong into right, Lord, and fix it in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we say yes to your name because we're so thankful for all the things you do for us. Making ways out of no way. And somehow you are there for us. And we thank and we praise your holy name. We ask that you touch everyone listening or reading your word with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help us learn to focus more on you than on the world, Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless Blog Talk Radio spiritually and financially and that you build us up in your word. Heavenly Father, give everyone faith and grace, and help us to love and forgive one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before I get started with our lesson, let me again thank Granny's place, Minister Joel Lewis for giving me the opportunity to be on Blog Talk Radio. I'm here on Blog Talk Radio three Wednesdays each month from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Plus, you're welcome to visit our group on Facebook at Peace Keep God First. We're available 24 hours with Bible study, questions and answers, jokes, recipes, quotes, flowers, and so much more. Now let us get to our lesson. Our lesson comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2. The outline for chapter 2 follows. In this chapter, Paul gives us four sections. One is many reasons for prayer, which is in verses 1 through 8. Number two is concerning women's attire in verses 9 and verse 10. And number three are the reasons of their suggestions in verses 11 to 14. And in number four, a promise for women's encouragement and childbearing, which is in verse 15. We will focus on verses 1 through 8 and then complete our study in verses 9 through 15. In verses 1 through 8, Paul writes to Timothy to take charge that all Christians pray for all men in general and particularly for all those who are in authority. And he tells Timothy 
pray for kings and those in authority. Though the kings at that time were heathen, and they were enemies to Christianity and prosecutors of Christians, the good book said that we must pray for them because there should be a civil government with trusted persons within the administration. So we ought to pray for the better of men. Even though we suffer under them, we must desire the king that God will turn their hearts and direct them and make good use of them so that under them we may have a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. And Paul writes to Timothy that we cannot expect to be kept quiet and peaceable unless we keep all godliness and honesty. That our duties as Christians are summed up in two words, godliness and honesty. That is, having a good conduct toward all men. And he says that these two must go together. That we're not truly honest, that we're not godly and do not render to God what is due him. And we're not truly godly, but we're not honest. And he writes that the Christian religion promotes prayer. And the disciples of Christ must be praying people. Crowning in the club seven nights a week and praising God for two or three hours on Saturday morning, and back in the club that same night with drunkenness and clowning, isn't showing godliness or honesty toward God, ourselves, or others. And if we want to test our peace level, to see how long we can live in a silent dwelling with no TV, radio, music, computer. We should time ourselves to see how long we can do this. And all the wrong that bad leaders do and show no respect for all people, we should still pray for the better of them. And by us praying for our leaders' peace within themselves, then we can live in peace. Prayer can get this job done because when we receive the Holy Spirit, then our insides are spiritually led. And let me just say this. Making mockery on social media of any leader is disrespectful. And it's not the Christian way. If social media went viral with the prayer for peace around the world, just think how many people's prayers would go up. And God says that when two or three are joined together in my name, I'll hear you. So if we all pray for the better of our leaders, we should see a change in the worst of worse leaders because the prayer is powerful. Some would say, I can sell the world and buy it back again. 
But you can't buy your way into heaven with God or his kingdom, no matter if you're rich, poor, or have authority. We all go by the same rules. So let's all pray for one another. Now, Paul did send Timothy the prescribed form of prayer, except having scriptures to direct them in prayer with the spirit of prayer. And in general, that prayer should make supplications for the averting of evil and prayers for obtaining that that is good, including intercessory prayer for others. And also, the giving of thanks for mercy that we have already received and that we must pray for ourselves first and all men in general who need or desire our prayers. And Paul said that Christians are to always pray and in our prayers that we are to have a generous concern for others as well as ourselves and to give thanks for all men. When we pray, we should give God praises. We should thank him, and we should ask him for forgiveness. Then we ask for what we want. He already knows what we want, but this gets God's attention when we pray. Another reason why all men are to be prayed for is that there is one and only one God. There's no other. And this one God will have all men to be saved in the way that he has appointed. Not that he has declared uh, the salvation of all, for then all men would be saved. But we perish by our own faults, which is in Matthew 23 and 37. should concern us to get the knowledge of the truth because that is the way to be saved. Christ is the way and the truth for eternal life. So Paul continues writing Timothy, who's going to be the overseer of this church in Ephesus. How many of us can remember starting a new job? And they give you tons of material to read and understand before we start to work. I used to hate that. But this, is a, in a sense, is what Paul is doing with Timothy. He's preparing him. So Paul writes that as the mercy of God extends itself to all his works, Christ brought mankind to new terms with God so that they are not under the law anymore, but under the covenant of grace through Jesus Christ, which Jesus Christ died for us as a ransom to save us from death and hell. He died to work out a common salvation, and he put himself in the office of meditator between God and man because sin had made a quarrel between us and God. So Jesus is our meditator who makes peace to bring
bring God and men together again, making a way for lost souls. Without knowledge, the heart cannot be good if we don't know the truth. We can't be ruled by it. Ministers must preach the truth, and they must believe it themselves. They are like our apostles to preaching faith and truth, and they must always be faithful and trustworthy. So now Paul flips the script again, and his epistle or letter is with the direction on how to pray in verse 8. And he says, under the gospel, prayer is not to be confined to any one particular house of prayer, but men must pray everywhere, in our closet, we must pray with our family, we must pray at our meals, we must pray when we're on journeys, and we must pray at assemblies, whether public or private. And that it is the will of God that in prayer that we should lift up holy hands, peer for the pollution of sin, and baptize in the foundation open for sin and uncleanliness. We must pray in charity without wrath or malice or anger at any person. And we must pray without doubting and disputing our faith which is in James 1 and 6. So now we move down to verses 9 through 15, which is the use of our study. And Paul flips the script with the charge that women who profess the Christian religion should be modest, sober, silent, and submissive as women should be that they must be very modest in the way they dress, not with excessive showing off of expensive attires or bracelets or braiding hair or ornaments, which makes the poor feel bad and feel less and without, without them diverting our minds from the word because all eyes are on you. The way a person dresses says a lot about that person's character. Paul wrote, instead of laying out their money and spending their money on buying clothes, that they should lay it out in the works of charity, which are properly called good works. This phrase of Paul's means to simply always give charity first. If we're blessed with a closet full of expensive things to wear, be sure that we spread our wealth around to those who are in need and in giving and charity. Every year before most wealthy people file their income tax, they give millions of dollars to charities, organizations, and charities and churches. If not, the government will charge them a pretty penny to pay an income tax. It's called people helping people. Women, 
When we go in God's house, we should dress with the respect of God being holy, not dressing as a sex goddess. Cover up your body. And when we go out, dress not in a way that all men's eyes are seeing right through us with lust and temptation. Designers and movie producers want to dress women in see-through-all and leave no imagination for the eye. In movies, women are mostly nude, but the men are covered up. Hmm. One way to stop this is by buying their sexy, too small secret clothes. This is a way of saying, cover me up. We focus on my ability to perform. And Paul wrote that even though women who profess the Christian religion should be modest, sober, silent, and submissive, that women must learn the principles of their religion that is Christ in the scriptures. And Paul wrote that just because we are women does not discourage us from learning that which is necessary for our salvation. The reason women who profess the Christian religion should be modest, sober, solid, and submissive is because Adam was first born, then Eve out of him, and that she was made for him to be a helpmate for him, and by the desire to be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee, which is in Genesis 3 and 16, because God first formed Adam. And though Eve was last in the creation, she was also first in transgression. But it is a word of comfort in verse 15 that those who continue in sovereignty shall be saved in childbearing, or was childbearing the Messiah who was born of a woman with break the serpent's head in Genesis 3 and 15, or the sinner which they were under for sin shall be no bar with others to their acceptance with Christ if they continue in faith, charity, and holiness. And here, Paul flips the script again with the rules of Christianity by writing that they must reach out to men and women concerning the way they dress, which must be with modesty, same as our outward behavior, and that men and women should profess godliness which many of them were professors of Christianity in the days of the apostles, as the book of Acts informs us. Paul, way back around A.D. 60 or 67, he said that women must be learners and that we are not allowed to be public teachers in the church, for teaching is an office of authority. And the woman must not show authority over the man, but to be in silence. But Paul says that good women may and ought to teach their children at home the principles 
of religion. How many of us women teach our families the Bible? And how many of us women see to it that our families go to church on Sunday? Timothy's mother and grandmother taught him from a child the Holy Scriptures, which is in 2 Timothy 3 and 5. Aquila and his wife Priscilla probably elaborated on the teachings of the gospel to Apollo in prophecy in Acts 18 and 26. And Paul ends his letter with encouragement and support for women by writing. Even though there are many difficulties and dangers in childbearing, yet in spite of Eve's transgression, women after Eve should be saved. That they continue, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness, women under the circumstances of childbearing should by faith lay hold of this promise for their support in this time. As women, we carry a load with our families. The man is the provider and the women and the woman should be the one who takes care of the family. These are God's ways, even though today many people try to change God's word and fix it the way that they want to fix it. But we must remember that God's word is not going to change. And that God loves women just as much as he loves men. And that he made us for each other. I see no fault in being a woman. I enjoy being a woman, you know, enjoying uh, being pampered and loved and cared for by my mate, if I have one at the time I don't. But it is a good thing that we women always should look to God for our salvation. This ends our Bible study for now. I pray something has been said to shine some light on God's word for you. I'll see you next time, right here, same time with God's Secret Word Bible Study, every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Peace Keep God's first. Uh, you can go on Facebook 24 hours and you can see our website. And don't forget to check in with God from time. Bless you and keep you until we meet again. Bye.